Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. I'm so delighted to welcome you today and share with you some of the exciting ideas we're going to talk about as far as bringing your own awareness into practical demonstration in the world around you. We've been doing a series for the last few weeks on four to things and featuring examples of how people had an idea and that idea then manifested itself in material reality, maybe not right away, but over time, and sometimes in the most unusual and synchronous ways. We've also heard scientists and biologists and neurophysiologists talk about the neuroscience of conscious creation and how when we have a thought, that thought eventually becomes concrete as a neural pathway in our brains, and that neural pathway is then resonant. It creates an electromagnetic field. That field is resonant with other similar frequencies around it, and that winds up then in training material reality to what begins as simply a thought in our minds. So today we'll explore that further, and my wonderful guest today is Martin Root. Martin is a dynamic international speaker and consultant. is president of Livelihood, a management consulting firm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and is the author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work. His work with many corporations, helping them expand their outlook and position themselves for the future. His clients include Sony Pictures, Virgin Records, and Apple Computer. He's also, for many years now, had a project called Project Heaven on Earth. And we'll be talking about your view of Heaven on Earth and the three questions, three very provocative questions Martin asks people to help them elicit their vision on Heaven on Earth. Martin, I'm so thrilled to have you. Thanks for being here. Dawson, a real pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. And I love the title of the show. That's so, you know, when you say the title, turning thoughts into things, isn't that what Heaven on Earth is about? It is. And it works cuts both ways because if our thoughts are full of blame, bitterness, resentment, anger, frustration, and so on, that then becomes the world we manifest around us. But we have the opportunity to consciously choose what we think about, and then those wonderful things that we choose them have a way of working themselves out as well. So I, I just love to know how you came up with this idea, how you, you, you what the gestation of this was. What was your thought to think as far as Project Heaven to Earth relates to this? Well, before I was in, into Heaven on Earth, I began this iteration anyway. I began the entire field of spirituality and work because it seemed to me that we needed a fresh new way to get and engage with our work. And I'd been doing that for about 20 years. I was just about to go on and do a keynote address at a conference on it. And as I was sitting there by myself beforehand, just meditating, being quiet, this thought came into my mind. If every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? And I said, well, no. If we can transform business by bringing 
bringing spirit into it, then couldn't we use that as a lever to transform the world? And then this thought came into my head, oh, you mean heaven on earth. And Dawson, my first thought was, oh my God, you can't say that. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I can certainly talk to you about hell on earth, can I? Why can't I talk to you about heaven on earth? So thus began this inquiry into what is people's deep longing for the kind of world they want for themselves, their relationship, and the outer world. And isn't it time that we began implementing and making that real? That's the new story. You know, so 10, 15 years ago, you heard a lot of people saying, the current story isn't working, the old story isn't working, it's not working, it's not working, we need a new story, we need a new story. But you don't hear that anymore. I think the reason you don't is because what people would then say was, you know, we need a new story, but nobody would name the new story. So it became only a source of frustration. So I'm saying, what is the new story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity? What if that story is called, we're actually co creating heaven on earth. And that began my 20, 25 year inquiry into, well, what does that mean? How do we get people engaged in that? Not that I would tell you what heaven on earth is because, you know, that's trying to shove a particular point of view down your your throat. Rather, I think what, well, I don't think, I know what the work of heaven on earth is, is to help you evoke what's already present within you. You're already knowing about what heaven on earth is and have you simply engaged in that. And, and that's how I got into it and, and and that's uh, kind of a 30,000-foot view of, of, of what this is all about. That is so wonderful. And then that key question you asked yourself, which was, we can talk about hell on Earth. Why can't we talk about heaven on Earth? That went on to go from a thought to a, a very substantial project, which has now helped catalyze the answer to that question for many, many people. And then they are starting to to actually do those projects and actualize those ideas in often very vibrant and innovative kinds of practical projects as well. Share with us some of the, the answers you've got to the question and some of the projects that have sprung out of those. Well, let me first go to the, the, the notion that you just went to, which is I, you know, I'm not a great reader. I'm a great researcher, so I'll go and talk to people. And I kept starting with, you know, so what's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? And as I did that over and over and over, it seemed to me that there were three fundamental questions that people needed to be asked to get them in touch with what heaven on earth is for them. I, I didn't even preset this up with you, but can I ask you the three questions? You certainly can. All right. So question one, and, and for the listeners, you know, I'm at, well, I'm asking Dawson, I'm really asking you, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? Well, Martin, for me, the answer is really clear, and the answer is this morning. I wake up every morning and I meditate, and when I meditate, I go from a state, I don't, I don't wake up feeling very happy. I wake up feeling confused, baffled, frustrated, anxious, depressed. <laughs> you name a psychological meltdown, I have it in the morning. I, I just wake up feeling, you know, my, my dreams are often really weird. And so I wake up and I'm feeling disoriented and not, not at all in tune with, with anything other than those disordered thoughts. And I know this is my usual pattern. And of course, it's a pattern of many of us who wake up and when we just orient ourselves and we don't quite know where we are. And so I sit up in bed and I meditate for about an hour every morning. And in search now, we begin to show that this produces profound changes in the brain. Our high brain waves do with monkey mind, to do with anxiety, calm down, and our creative ones expand. So for me, like this morning, I woke up that way, but after an hour of meditation, I felt, I felt positive, I felt optimistic, I felt energetic, I felt compassionate, I, it radically changed me. So that, that was 
happens just, just today and every single morning that it goes to the day that way. So it's just an experience that's a few hours old. Now, this is very interesting because notice up to the listener, what I said to Dawson was, tell me a time when you experienced heaven on earth, what was going on? And what you did, Dawson, was you answered my question. What you didn't do and what nobody does is say, what do you mean by heaven on earth, Martin? <laughs> so there must be what I call that an already knowing within you of what wow. heaven on earth is. And in your case, it was the experience of meditation for an hour this morning. It is whatever people say. You know, when I had my child, walking in nature, having a wonderful meal, whatever the answer is, but they have an answer which says they must already know somewhere. All right, so that's question one. And then, by the way, all of these questions are on my website, projectheavenonearth.com, projectheavenonearth.com. So that's question one. Question two, imagine you have a magic wand and with it you can create heaven on earth. Imagine you have a magic wand and with it you can create heaven on earth. What is heaven on earth for you? I believe that as within, so without. And I really desire inner peace, everybody. Whatever your material circumstances, like when I was growing up, my father was a missionary. We were stationed in Africa at different times. And I watched people there who had absolutely none of the material possessions that we in the Western world take for granted. They didn't have, have running water, refrigeration. They didn't have permanent housing or anything. And yet they were extremely, extremely happy. And by and large, they were very peaceful. And so um, whatever our socioeconomic status, whatever our our religion, whatever our circumstances, I believe the experience of inner tranquility is one from which all kinds of um, outer effects come. And so I believe we tend to create a peaceful world and a, a loving world and a, a playful world once we have found that point of inner peace inside of us. So if I could, if I could wave a magic wand, I would simply give people a peace. I, I just run into people daily who don't have it. And it's tragic. They may have material prosperity. They may have all of those good material things. If they don't have that, then they aren't able to enjoy anything they have. So inner peace is what I would give people because that also will predispose us to outer peace. An utterly peaceful person doesn't go and make war on anybody else. So that would be my own personal, in Latin they call it a sine qua non, without which nothing. Yeah. And that, actually that is with everything. With that with that you gain everything else. So that would be my, my personal observation. So a comment, a meta comment of what you did. The reason for the magic wand is to remove the necessity of having to know how you're going to get it because that's the limiting mind. If I don't know how to get it, well, I can't get it. Right. Let's put that aside for a moment. Yeah. So now you have a magic wand which gives you permission to focus on the what, not the how. And I think that's a very primary and powerful question. And you notice how you went right to it, inner tranquility, a peaceful, loving, playful world. I would give people inner peace. You know, Dawson, people know what heaven on earth is for them. And so this work is designed to bring that inner knowing that you already have within your heart and soul and, and, and divine essence to your conscious awareness and then out into the world. And so when I do that, a, a a workshop with, you know, 100, 200, how many people, and people stand up and share their answers to what heaven on earth is for them. It is so moving for me. People are crying. I mean, I've had women, women, not men yet, sobbing because of the realization of they do know what it is, and they've suppressed it for whatever reason, and now's the time to, to bring it back out. So we do know. That's question two. Question three, what's simple? 
easy, concrete step or steps will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward? Well, me, that's easy. I do nothing else day in, day out. My regular job is doing just that, both for a business that does training and certification, and we train thousands of people every year. We certify hundreds of people as well in the techniques, evidence-based techniques that measurably do that. I'm just, in fact, seconds before this call, I was looking at the results from the lab I use, the laboratory, to measure various hormones and neurotransmitters. And I looked at the results of a of a couple of workshops that I collected the data at, and I saw that people's levels of cortisol had declined very substantially over the course of the workshop. So I know that I'm doing that through through our training. And also we have a large nonprofit that, that does research and also delivers services to veterans. And so I wake up every morning, I do nothing else all day. <laughs> so what, what you're doing clearly, you, I mean, you're already aware of this and you're doing it. And for those people who are listening, the third question, what simple, easy, concrete steps? These may be things that you're already doing, but you could now do it in a new context of this is my contribution to helping co-create heaven on earth. Or it can be something that you never even thought of before, but it could be like a tiny little step, one little step. You you asked me earlier, sorry, let me, I want to go into an example. But the three questions again, and they're on projecttheavenonearth.com. Recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth, what was going on? Imagine you have a magic wand and with it you can have heaven on earth. What is heaven on earth for you? And what simple, easy, concrete steps will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward? And so what would happen, or what is beginning to happen very clearly now all around the world as I get more and more examples, which I'll go into, is there's this evolution, this emergence of, you know, I do know what heaven on earth is, and in my simple, simple way, I can make a contribution to it. And so the larger issue here, as I said earlier, is we can actually begin impacting the story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity. I mean, assuming people are, you know, not going to harm themselves or others, but I think the majority of people don't do that. We can have a new story, which is, I think, what we're all longing for. Absolutely. And again, that story is as unique as individuals are unique, and yet if, if people do then actualize it even in the simplest of ways, then they make an individual difference, and then collectively they make a huge difference. Wow, that's a beautiful vision, Martin, and I, I'm so glad you had that thought, and you acted on it, and gave it the energy and focus to let it become a thing. Can I give you an example? I think we have a couple of minutes before our break. Yes, by all means. So I did a terror summit years ago, and uh, we were talking about the sufferings in the world, this particular topic this evening. And this one woman, Sue Bookshin, comes on and says, look, I'll tell you something that really is bothering me. Violence against women. And she was really mad. You know, Martin, I've been to the police. I've been to the government. Nothing. What would you do? And I said, well, Susan, I don't know your financial situation. You could donate $5,000. You could donate a penny. What difference would a penny make? And one of the other women on the phone, Diani, said, look, what if everybody in your county gave a penny a day to help end violence against women? And she went, oh, my God. And then she started a program, Dawson, called Making Change, in which they handed out through this woman's group that she was involved with a little jar, a mason jar, clear glass, clear glass jar with a label on it, half the face of a woman beaten up, bruised, obviously not a happy woman. On the other side, same woman, bright, alive, light pouring out of her face. And they asked people to give a minimum of a penny a day. You couldn't give a check for $3.65 and said, okay, that's my contribution for the year. No, day after day after day. They raised very quickly $2,500. They took that success story, went to the, this is a 
Canadian government to a group there called the Status of Women, and get this, Dawson, they got a $300,000 grant, $100,000 for each of the following three years to help end violence against women. And then she reported to me that anywhere she goes now, people's first question is, what can I do to help? And that started with a penny a day. Why I love that story is it's so simple. You know, something that seems unbelievable in the world, it's so large, it's so impossible, we can't do anything about it. Well, how about a penny? Oh, well, I can do that. Okay, you're in. And that's how the story, the story changes by you saying, I'm going to make create a new story starting now. That's how you change a story. And you know, these problems do seem absolutely enormous when you look at the news, which I've been doing quite a bit lately because it's, it's political season in the U.S. And so I look at news more than I, I usually would. And you see all of these huge problems that are portrayed there. So hard to even scale. They are so out of scale compared to what we can encompass and accomplish as individual human beings. And yet, as you say, if we just think in terms of the thing we can do right now, that it sows the seeds to something much larger. Martin, I'd love to find out about examples of some other people and how they've applied these kinds of ideas of making change in their worlds. What are some other examples of people who've taken this and run with it? Sure. One other thing I wanted to mention before I answer that question, Dawson, is also when people go to projectheavenonearth.com, you can sign up for a free seven-day course, email course sent to you when you sign up, which will go through much more than, than what we're able to cover here. A couple of other examples. We had a woman named Dr. Dana Colson, a dentist, and uh, she took a course that I gave on Heaven on Earth, and she really loved it. And she said, I want to take Heaven on Earth into my dental practice. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> Most of the association with dental practice is hell on Earth, not Heaven on Earth. <laughs> right? I, mean, I know that's a, a huge prejudice, but from when I was a child. Anyway, so here's what happens when you go into her office. You lay down on, you sit down on her dental chair, and of course she, she moves you back, right, so you're flat so you can work on your mouth. And then you look up on the seat Ceiling, Dawson. And above the light that shines in your mouth, there's a sign on the ceiling, big letters, heaven on earth. Now, she doesn't say a word to you about it because she doesn't want to impose, which I think is really smart. If people ask her about it, then she, you know, she could talk about it, she could ask the three questions, and she has signs all around her office. And I thought, this is such an amazing example for me of how can you bring heaven on earth into your work, to your life. And I don't know, most people, you know, don't think of that in a dental office. I was surprised. What, what the, the analogy I use is that uh, Project Heaven on Earth is like a piece of metaphorical software. It says to you, you can have heaven on Earth, okay? You really can. That possibility, that opportunity is now open. But then, like any piece of good software, or any piece of software, it just stops and it says, but I can't go on without your unique content. So we heard earlier about the woman who's doing a penny a day to help end violence against women. Now this dentist who's doing it you know, on the ceiling. So creative answers. Another, uh, uh, another example was a woman in Santa Fe, New Mexico, a friend, Patty, and she, I asked her the three questions, and she really liked it, and she thought, huh, Christmas is coming up. I've got about 70 people in my extended family. Why don't I send out an email and ask all of them what heaven on earth is for them? So about 40 of her family members write back in the answers, and the answers are beautiful. I mean, so heart-touching, so heartwarming. She takes those 40 answers, she compiles that into her Christmas letter for that year, and sends it to all 70 people in her family. I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful example of taking your entire family to an entirely new depth with respect to each other. That was another. Another example was a real estate agent, 
Brenda McKenzie. We're talking about sufferings one day, and I said, is there a suffering in the world, Brenda, that really bothers you? Yes, there is, Martin. I said, what? Homelessness. And Dawson, it was like I punched her in the stomach. Her, fa- her face went white. Clearly, homelessness was so, you know, emotionally charged for her and really bothered her deeply. So I said, all right, so let's have it on earth for homelessness. And she said, well, obviously, a home for everyone. But I can't do that. I mean, I'm a real estate agent. I work 80 hours a day. I'm in a relationship, and that takes time. She was going on and on and on. I said, all right, stop, stop, stop. What are you going to do? And this little light bulb went on. She went back to her agency. There's the 10 agents. Sat them all down and said, all right, we're going to end homelessness by providing a home for everyone. And here's how. I want you to agree. I'm asking you to agree that every time you sell a home or a building, that we will take $100 off your commission and put it into a pot. And I said, sure, sure, sure. So created a program called A Home for Everyone. And the judges, and this is like four years old now, they've raised, last I spoke to, about $140,000. The judges are each of the 10 agents, plus they get to choose one of their clients every year. And so those 20 people decide every year where the money goes. There's all kinds of publicity around it now. And she's putting that notion, that idea of a home for everyone into people's consciousness, which I, I just thought that was brilliant. Just brilliant. Those are, I mean, <laughs> I can keep going with you, but those are some of the examples. And, and a lot more of them you can you can see, obviously, on our Heaven Makers page on, on the website. Let me see. We have a couple more. Oh, there, there's a, a woman who, um, she's a microgreen farmer, which they go little microgreens, takes 10 days, and she teaches people how to do this. Susan Alima Fryer in Hawaii. I did a workshop there. She says, well, what can I do? I can't do anything. And I said, well, uh, what's your heaven on earth definition? And she told me what it was. And I said, well, that's it. Why don't you put that at the, at the end of your emails every day? And she went, oh, my God. And so she did that. And here's what she's saying. Heaven on earth is creating food sustainability by nurturing and tilling the soil of our earthly garden every day with love and seeing us all as part of the same village co-creating together. So every time she sends an email out, people get that. And I said that on another telesummit, and there's a woman in, in uh, Chile, Diane Almeris, who loved the idea and added the second question that I just asked you about the magic wand onto her, her email as well. So now both women, who don't even know each other, are putting their definition of heaven on earth embedded at the end of their email, plus asking the reader to come up with their own definition. I just I, I just thought that was so creative. And over and over, Dawson, I'm just knocked out by people's creativity when they get in touch with what heaven on earth is and what they can do about it. I know. It is so provocative to ask those questions because they're very empowering and they immediately get you into practical action. I love that 24-hour deadline as well. I'm just curious why you came up with that. Why rather than seven days or 30 days well, or I'll some other length um, of time? You remember our mutual friend Mark McCurgow in Britain? Yes. I was talking to him about it, and he said, no, you've got to get people engaged. And so the third question, again, is what simple, easy, concrete steps can you take? So that moves people away sometimes from, oh, my God, my, my heaven on earth, you know, it's just too big, it's impossible, which I, I don't want them to end up there. I want them to end up with, oh, well, what's an easy step I can do, for example, contribute a penny a day to help in violence against women. Perfect. Easy, simple, and bang, you're in action. I'd love to talk about how once the defined those things we can do, those practical things we can do in the next 24 hours and beyond, how that draws resources to us. Martin, I, I'm, I'm struck by two things. There's a, there are many quotes like this. There's one by, by Wolfgang Goethe, which says that when you initiate a project, it contains within itself the 
seeds of, of completion and genius and the act of initiation then brings that genius to it. I've always been intrigued by when we start things, how suddenly, mysteriously, resources appear in front of us. I'm sure you found that your the people on your, your website and that people you've worked with have it happen to them as well. You know, it's something I don't understand it, Dawson. I just know it works. I, I live with the eyeballs to, to explain how it works, but there's some kind of magical aspect to it. Magical realism, I just made up that, that joke with respect to this, that happens when you say, this is my heaven on earth intention. I start every morning and before I go to bed with a little affirmation that heaven on earth is present and expanding. And I'm telling you, Dawson, it's incredible to me. Interviews coming my way, people interested in how, how we can do this, the, the whole revamping of my, my website, you know, the new updated Project Heaven on Earth, the, the course, the seven-day free course on online, the creativity that people are bringing to this. It really is shocking in the most awe-inspiring way. It's like you're in the flow now. It's like divine essence. I, I, I can't, I try to put it into words and I can't. I just know it works and these miraculous people and events and circumstances, because I, I know the, the go-to quote, and it's true. It just, they just want, want it. I think the quote is, you know, once some, you are committed, something like that providence moves to, all sorts of things occur that would never otherwise be known to you. And that has been my experience with this right from the beginning. Whenever I talk to people about this, they just know. Um, they just know about heaven on earth. One, one guy on one of the telesummits I did said, uh, you know, I've known this for 30 years, but I was just embarrassed to talk about it. And now that we are, there are more and more people around the world who are talking about this, it becomes normalized. It becomes, I want to make the notion of heaven on earth and what you're doing to bring that about as common as paperclips, talking about paperclips. You know, so I could just ask people, what are you doing for heaven on earth? Oh, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. Okay, let's go for lunch now. Something like that. <laughs> because it would just be the new story. And I think especially with the political, you were talking about the political situation in the U.S. right now, and, you know, and the terrorism around the world and all that, I think of, of waves on the ocean, that when the ocean is all wild up and in turmoil and waves crashing, if you dive underneath that, there's a silence, there's a connection, there's a, a feeling of unity. And, and that way that I've been trying to put a metaphor onto heaven on earth. So if you look below the surface, you see all of the tranquility that's there. I had an amazing experience of that recently, Martin, myself, and um, I, one of my huge big goals is to see the, the primary stress reduction methods I use adopted in, in conventional medical care, and getting a new therapy adopted by medical by the medical community is a long and, and arduous process, and yet it takes an average of 20 years, and only two out of every 10 good new therapies do actually make the, the, the job. The others are just lost uh, forever, and so putting a new therapy into the, the primary care system is, is really hard, and I'm wanting to get this especially into the Veterans Administration, the VA, so it's available to veterans because there are so many veterans with PTSD, and our therapies are phenomenally effective in curing PTSD. And so I happened to, one 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 day, just kind of randomly, I was, there was a particular scientific paper that I co-authored, and I noticed that the journal hadn't published it, and it's like six, six months had gone by, and I emailed the editor and said, hey, you know, I really would like to see that published because I have this vision that we're going to get this therapy into the VA. And the editor emailed me back and said, oh, well, in that case, one of our 
co-editors of this journal has just been appointed the head of integrative medicine for the VA and is chairing a task force that is charged with making recommendations for new therapies to combat PTSD wow. for the VA. Wow. <laughs> wow, Jonathan. I mean, talk about like, Wow. So that's my experience around this, too. And, and, and I invite people, if you have a resonance about heaven on earth, answer the three questions, take the free course, and watch for the miracles to show up. Mm. Can you give us an example of some really outlandish miracles that have happened, ones you would never expect? Well, our mutual friend, Vishen Lakani, who just published a book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, did an interview with me. She talked about, the, you know, I asked him the three questions like this one, and he loved it, and he, and he published a little video of it on his website, on Facebook, excuse me, and I think like 5,500 people clicked on it. He really loved that, and he said, all right, I'm going to take it to the next level, and he sent it out to 550,000 people on his list. That blew me away. So, you know, when I look at how, where people are from, when they sign up on our site, you can start to see his effect, because he's in Malaysia, while he does have a huge following in the U.S., he also has a huge following in Malaysia, in, in Asia, rather, and so a lot of Indian, Kuwait, and Qatar, and, you know, places I, I don't know anybody, and all of a sudden they're starting to, to show up. And uh, so these relationships, it's, there's a resonance. That's it. There's a resonance. And people subscribe to something called Google Alerts, which is free. And so I put in the phrase heaven on earth. And every day I get a report, free report on heaven on earth. And two days ago, I saw this woman to her website, Kristen Van Chilwig, I think it is. And her, her desire, her intention is to have 144,000 women engaging in co-creating heaven on earth. And we had a call the next day. And I mean, it just was like talking to somebody, you know, I'd known all my life. And uh, we just had the same resonance about heaven on earth. And this is her way of expressing how it's going to be done. People have asked uh, in board meetings, management consultants have asked people that they're consulting with companies that are in trouble in some way. Well, answer the three heaven on earth questions. And it just takes the company to an entirely new level of perception about uh, perceiving themselves about how this company fits into the larger scale of what's going on in the world. So, wow. It was a large scale vision. But now that you've had literally thousands of people answer those questions, what are some of the common themes you've observed that they share? It's a good question, Dawson, because when I began asking the question originally, uh, the questions started asking them, but over and over and over and asking them, these four major arenas kept coming up. And so why do you ask that question? Because I want to talk about them. The, one of them, and I'm not putting them in any order, one of them is what I call the inner. And you'll notice that when you answered your question, it was about inner tranquility. That's an inner answer. And inner people have this perspective, which is the more heaven on earth within me, the more it will show up in the world. So I'm the source, and then it shows up in the world. And there's two ways to do that. One is to do more of what gives you an expression of heaven on earth. So as you said, you start off the morning with meditation. It could be art. It could be therapy. Anything that gets more heaven on earth within you. Or, and or, you could also clean up the parts of your life internally that are not heaven on earth. You know, the anger, the resentment, all the stuff that, that we know that everybody has. Both of those are the way that people get more inner. Then there are people who are outer. And outer 
usually the major issue for outer is there's a suffering in the world that really, really bothers me. It could be hunger, it could be war, it could be literacy. It doesn't matter. But there is usually one suffering, what I call the keystone suffering. That is, when this particular suffering collapses or ends, all the other sufferings will as well because they're dependent on it. So an outer person will either focus on a suffering, they'll focus on an institution. For example, how do I get government to be more contributing to heaven on earth or law or religion? Or they can uh, have heaven on earth for their nation. I have a woman who's taken on Austria to be a heaven on earth nation. I have a woman who's taken on Denmark to be her heaven on earth nation. So that's inner and outer. And then what bridges the two is what is relationships. Relationship with yourself, what part of you are is in heaven on earth, what part is not. Relationship with another, you know, my relationship with you, Dawson, has this big problem. So I come, I sit down, we clean it up, and now I've transformed it into from a hell on earth relationship into a heaven on earth relationship. Right. And relationship with the divine, people who have issues around God, the divine in their life. So inner, outer, and relationship, those are all future-oriented. Those are what I call be, uh, becoming issues. That is heaven on earth in the following moment. And the fourth arena is being, which is now. But this really right now is heaven on earth. And our belief that it's not is what's in the way. That if we stop right now and just say, I'm doing it right now, I get it. This is heaven on earth right now. So those are the four major arenas, or gateways rather. That gateways is a stronger word. Inner, outer, relationship, and now. And so if you answer the three questions, and it's in one of those arenas, and one of your friends or colleagues answers, and it's in another one of the arenas, you don't want to make them wrong. So for you, it's around peace, and for somebody else, it's around ending hunger. No, no, it's not about ending hunger, it's about love. No, no, you don't. Your job, if somebody comes and says this is about peace, great, we'll support you in having more peace in the world. And if yours is about inner peace and tranquility, good, we'll support you to have more of that. So whatever definition, and you could be in obviously more than one of the gateways, or a gateway can change um, over life, over your life, then you know the kinds of gateways that people are going to come up with. And your job, our job, is to support others, assuming no harm to themselves or others, into expressing what heaven on earth is for them. And again, what that does is it begins to change the story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity. Give me an example of that fourth category, the now category. Sure. You can sit down and you can start meditating and you can say, here's my intention, I'm going to let heaven on earth come in and I'm going to do it right now and it's all all right. It's all good. It's all heaven right here, right now. It's that simple, Dawson. Hmm. And what's an example of someone who's actually made that choice and what was what was their choice? The examples I used earlier, the homelessness, for example, that's an outer-directed issue. Yes. The woman who did the Christmas letter, her, I don't remember, but I'm assuming hers would be about love, the relation, you know, love and relationships with my family, how to have more heaven on earth in that. So you can see their ex- individual's expression as a result of one or more of the gateways that are most important to them. And I don't care what the gateway is, I just care that you have a gateway, and I'm asking you that to find out what the gateway is for you and just begin, just start. That's where the power is, in beginning. And just to end up with, Martin, I'd love to hear a couple more of those stories that are so inspiring, they are so amazing, and they are they are ways in which we can conceptualize doing it ourselves, too, that will give, give our listeners ideas. There's a couple more of those stories that you experienced people who've done this process, come up with their answers, and then catalyze them into that, that magic set of action. Sure. So I spend the summers on Prince Edward Island, Canada. My wife's from, well, actually, I'm talking to you from here right now. About eight or ten years ago, I said, Prince Edward Island is going to be Canada's first heaven-on-earth province. And we talk about miracles showing up. I met a 
woman from the Kiwanis Club here. And Kiwanis, you know, the service club, now has a, or has a branch called the Kiwanis Key Club, which is their high school. They have established the Kiwanis Key Club Heaven on Earth Leadership Award in one of the local high schools. That was amazing to me. Another one was a, a guy who, um, his company was kind of in trouble. He didn't know what to do. And I gave him the three questions and he said, oh, all right, I'll ask my board. And what this, answering the three questions did was it, it reminded the board of what the company was there for. And he said people were actually crying. They were so moved by the answers about what the company was there for. And it revivified the entire company. Another example is the guy, Gabriel Nosovich, who is a trainer. You, you may know, I think. He trains throughout South America. One of the countries he trains in is Mexico. And we were talking on a plane ride once about all the narco-terrorism. And, you know, it's bad. And he said, what can I do? And I said, well, how about this? In addition to the three questions, why don't you ask a new question? A new, like, number 2A. So number two right now is, imagine you have a magic wand. You can do whatever you want. What is heaven on earth for you? Why don't we add another question, which is, imagine you have a magic wand. And Mexico can now be a heaven on earth country. <laughs> wow. What is heaven on earth for Mexico, and secondly, what will you do about it? And he loved that. He set up a Facebook page for that. What I loved about it, Dawson, was how simple and elegant. Rather than thinking it's overwhelming, there's nothing I can do, which is complete victim mentality, rather than that saying, good, I got it. I'm not happy with the story of my country called Mexico. I'm a Mexican. Here's one little thing I'm going to do to have my heaven on earth for Mexico. And uh, it's begun. Wow. Uh, imagine a countrywide movement like that. What a powerful and large-scale example. Martin, it's such a pleasure to share your vision with you, share the wonderful energy you bring to letting other people know about it and inspiring them with it. Thank you ever so much. Martin's website, again, is projectheavenonearth.com. Go there and answer the three questions and find out more. Martin, thank you so much. Boston, thank you, and thank you for your contribution. Your work is brilliant.